Hi, welcome to Trained. At Nike, we believe that greatness isn't born, it's trained. And that means more than just a workout. Each episode, we'll bring you conversations with leading experts in what we call the five facets of fitness. Training, recovery, nutrition, mindset, and sleep. I'm Ryan Flaherty, Senior Director of Performance at Nike. I train some of the world's best athletes, like Saquon Barkley, Russell Wilson, and Marcus Mariota. Today, we're talking to some of our Nike master trainers about their philosophies on training and their best tips related to each one of the five facets. You're listening to Trained, presented by Nike. Training is like my celebration, like even when things are going great, or it's like my counselor when mm-hmm. things aren't going great, and it always pulls through for me. It's like my happiest time of day, and like I always joke about, it, I'm like, you know, if I don't just get that time to move, whatever that type of movement be, like I'm like I'm sad. <laughs> it's such like it never lets me down. Like it's always there for me, even if you start moving for five to ten minutes, it can like totally flip your whole day. That's Kirsty Godso a Nike master trainer, talking about her attitude towards training and life. And you can probably hear that she's not the only one in the room. This episode is a little bit different. Instead of a one-on-one interview, I had the chance to sit down with three other Nike master trainers to talk about their training philosophies, how they design workouts, and their practical tips on how to get the most out of all five facets of training. You'll be hearing from Kirsty, Joe Holder, and Bettina Gozo. Each of them started their careers in very different fields in music, in business, and medicine, before they found training as their profession. Today, Kirsty specializes in high-intensity interval training, Joe coaches clients to gain strength and tone, and Bettina focuses on strength training and lifestyle changes. Before we jump in, I wanted to tell you about how I got into training. Today, I specialize in training elite athletes for power and speed. But before all of that, I grew up playing football and competing in track. And I played in college and even had the opportunity to go pro, but unfortunately kept getting knee injuries. Each injury was a setback and frustrating in its own way. But the process of rehabbing my knee over and over and thinking about how to avoid injury is what piqued my interest in training. I knew I should train in a way that was more specific to me. And at the same time, I started helping other athletes avoid injuries that were specific to their bodies. From there, I went on to coaching kids. Some of my earliest clients were a bunch of 11-year-olds doing speed training in a public park next to stroller playgroups. I eventually began working with high school students, then college athletes, and today I'm fortunate enough to work with some of the top athletes in the world. But no matter who I'm working with, I see each session as an opportunity to share my passion for math, science, and sport. My earliest setback is what taught me the importance of designing a training plan that works for you. And it's why I think fitness is not one-size-fits-all, and neither is life. Each of these master trainers has their own story which informs how they work with their clients. We covered so much in our conversation, and I want you to hear it all. So now, let's get to the interview. All right, well, you guys, thank you for joining me. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us back yeah. in uh, New York City. All right, so first I just want to go around just a little bit uh, and just tell me a little about yourself, how you guys got started. Kirstie, we'll start with you. I'm Kirsty Godso, <laughs> otherwise known as Christy. I am from New Zealand, um, and I've been living in the States now for about four years. I got obsessed with training when I was at school. I was playing a ton of sport, and then naturally as I transitioned from university, that turned into going to the gym, and that just kind of became everything for me, and I just love watching the relationship that people have with exercise and the way that kind of like radiates out of them towards everything else that mm-hmm. they do. 
So what was your kind of progression from university to then where you are today? It was the first time I'd done a high-intensity workout that I really was, like, kind of hit in the face with it. And I was like, wow, I don't really know if I hated that or I loved that. <laughs> but, like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I pitched it sort of to a gym that I was working with in New Zealand. And we were sort of talking about it um, quite a bit. And they're like, yeah, great. You're going to do it. I was like, no, not me. I was like, <laughs> I just love going to the gym. And so that kind of was the way that actually pulled me into going and getting certified as a trainer and doing a lot of other stuff. And it was funny because I was – enjoyed being like more of like an ideas person like a brand manager but I then realized I was like wow the passion that I have for this is like so much more than the finance degree that I have mm. or anything else that I was doing and I was obsessed with learning and just um, constantly curious and then from there that kind of took me many different places and then obviously the best thing about living in the States is there's just so much more exposure to different things happening in fitness so you're constantly learning new things and um, you know the number of certifications and courses you can do here and, and different stuff has just completely opened my mind to <laughs> I just like can't stop obsessing now about learning more and more. Bettina, what about you? Yeah, uh, so growing up, music was my number one thing. You know, I played music, I played jazz band, I played guitar, I played bass, I played in bands pretty much my whole life. And I never really played a lot of sports, but I did some dance. And in my early 20s, I was playing in a band professionally. And I was playing bass guitar, playing at clubs and bars every single night, and probably was not the best version of myself, drinking a lot of tequila, <laughs> drinking a lot of things you probably shouldn't be putting in your body and, you know, eating a lot of crap and a lot of bad food and, you know, staying up every single weekend, like till three in the morning, if not later. And it wasn't until my roommate challenged me to go to a class with her that she was just so obsessed with. And I was like, yeah, right. It's probably not that hard. But she'd be like, no, my gosh, it's so hard. And when I went with her, I remember grabbing like the five pound weights or something like really, really light. And she grabbed the 10 pound weights and I thought she was crazy. And yeah, I mean, I was I don't even know what happened in that 45 minutes, but it was it was intense. <laughs> it was one of those things where I was like, OK, I think this is so intense, but I didn't let it defeat me. I really let it fuel me. And, you know, it made me feel better once I kept going to the classes. And then I noticed I was getting better at my performances. Like I could last these two and a half hour, three hour sets and not feel completely, completely dead after a long night of drinking. And then, <laughs> you know, I eventually stopped drinking because I wanted to feel better. And then I noticed that I was starting to make positive changes, not only in my life, but then my band members would be doing planks with me, doing squats with me. And I was like making these positive changes in other people's lives. And so I decided to get a certification just to make some extra money and then I just realized how much I really loved doing it. And it was such a passionate thing. And I felt so empowered to be able to do something for myself that I wanted other people to feel that same exact feeling. So, you know, I just kind of went full blown into training. I was like riding my bike around from one gym to another gym to another studio, but then also playing till 5 a.m. every single day and then wow. waking up at 4 a.m. to train people during the week. So eventually I had to give up the band and go full time in training and then just really went hard from there. That's that's amazing. So how was that transition? Was it tough for you at it first? It was really tough yeah. because music is such a big passion of mine, but I know it's cheesy, but helping people is a, is a lot bigger passion. Yeah. Are you able now to get back into it? You're, you're playing again, yeah, right? I play a little bit oh, here cool. and there. It's fun. It's more of a like a fun thing that helps yeah. me release, you know, any stress that I have. And, you know, at home I play bass and guitar almost every single night. So yeah. it's fun. Joe, what about you, man? I mean, I was a three-sport kid growing up, athlete, so I did football, basketball, and track but I thought I was either going to be like a doctor or a pro athlete. So I went to UPenn where I played football, and I kind of dealt with a lot of injuries there. 
I was just got very interested into into training just mainly because if I didn't figure out a because uh, I suffered an ankle injury. So if I didn't figure it had me miss a year. So if I didn't figure out a better way to train and basically I wasn't going to come be able to come back and play mm-hmm. a sport. So kind of combining that with, you know, some of the other things that I was studying, uh, just like like human behavior just generally fascinates me. So I was studying like sociology and psychology within a health and medicine realm. And I was just trying to apply certain things to me just so I could figure out the best way to hopefully like heal my body. So I kind of worked back with my dad and uh, we came up with like a little plan and it was probably like the first time I went on like a serious diet. Because when I went to school, you know how it is, like they just have you put on weight to put on weight. Mm-hmm. And even though like you're, you may be looking good, you're not really feeling good. No, by any means necessary. But, yeah, too. it's, just, it's yeah, like you're yeah. telling kids to like drink a gallon of milk like a day. <laughs> and I was, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not really for me. But yeah, I worked back with my dad, like went on a diet, went on a different training program and luckily was able to uh, come back and, and uh, start playing. But then my last year, I uh, I broke my leg my senior year. So the ankle injury was about my sophomore year. The broken leg was my fifth year senior year fourth game of the year and then I wallowed for about like 24 to 48 hours and I like thought about how bad mentally my previous injury put me and I figured that was a key reason why my body wasn't healing so again like I cooked up a plan with my pops and I was able to come back in about four weeks of play to play uh my senior year again last year so now I was like all right maybe uh maybe I'm on to something here but I never thought I would get into training. I worked in food first few years out of college for a health startup. But then I just started, uh, because it kind of caught a little bit of traction in college, I kind of kept up with it. And then um, training my friends, like just renegade stuff, just because it was fun. It kind of kept me sane while I was trying to figure out like what I wanted to do in my life. And then uh, I eventually started working part-time at a gym in addition to my full-time gig. And then um, Nike kind of came and scouted a class that I actually wasn't supposed to be teaching, like a small semi-private class that was grounded in like strength training for runners. When at the time in New York, like that was a really foreign concept. I want to get into a little bit of just talking through your guys' philosophy. So when someone comes in to work with you, what is your training philosophy with them? Can you just talk about, A, kind of your demographic of the type of people you guys train the most of, and then kind of what your philosophy is in working with with them? So I work with all different types of clients, and really, for me, it's just all about making sure they feel good. So a lot of my clients are people that are just trying to get through their day, they're getting through their work week, or getting through, you know, if I have some actresses, or, you know, people that just need to be able to feel good in general. Obviously, I have programs for them to get them stronger and to get them better, but some people that I've worked with have never worked out ever in their whole life. So just those are usually my favorite because a lot of it is just getting them to surprise themselves and challenge themselves to do things that they never thought they can do, but then obviously in a strategic way and not just throwing a bunch of random crap at them. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think for the most part, it's just about influencing positive change in their lives and making sure that they're doing things beyond their workouts. So it's not just the 45 to one hour that they're spending with me. It's about, you know, what kind of things are are they implementing in their lives? Are they feeling better on a daily basis? So, you know, I like to incorporate mindfulness and meditation and, you know, figure out what they're eating. And I don't like to just change their diets completely. I like to figure out what they're doing already and Mm -hmm. just, you know, figure out what small changes we can make from there. Yeah. No, absolutely. From a training perspective, though, is there anything that you're that you're kind of sh- focusing on? If, if I were to come, is there like one or two things that would make it like a Batina kind of style of training? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, there's always 
some movement prep and stuff, but there's always going to be some sort of strength training um, depending on their level. I mean, it's mm-hmm. probably body weight or, you know, I'm going to incorporate their deadlifts, you know, all the basic movement patterns. And then from there, just do something that's going to really kick it up and be, have fun. And then at the end, you know, just make sure that they're feeling good. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Joe, what about you? My deal is, I guess, when it comes to training is, like, I think that fitness a lot of times has forgotten that, like, the core components of it are, like, physical education. So a lot of people don't really focus on the educational Mm -hmm. aspect, but um, especially kind of with, like, the self-glorification kind of virus that's spreading through fitness. Like, everybody just wants to do physical kind of show feats of strength um so my thing is like when you bring somebody in which you which you uh especially with the people that i work with who's often very funny like i've been able to work with um i guess very top end people in the respective industries um who are very far advanced but then when it comes to like understanding themselves or their movement or what they need to get ready for um there is a level of like kind of like novice Mm -hmm. uh, naive aspects there i like to make people athletes without them realizing they're becoming an athlete. <laughs> and then I think it has to connect back to uh, connect back to running and walking, uh, mm-hmm. like pain-free and, ha- and, and, and improving overall gait. So once those key things are kind of done, uh, you typically see a wild improvement. I don't like when people call me a personal trainer. I'm like, incorrect. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm an energy dealer. <laughs> and like, I think I'm known a lot for like doing like, crazy things upside down and flying <laughs> off walls and <laughs> do an that awesome. a lot that. yeah whenever i start training someone and i train a variety of people um similar to joe i do train like some actresses and actors and models but i also train a lot of creatives and people that are really like have these high stress jobs behind the scenes you know um and i think training for them is an outlet and then i have separately people that are just obsessed with running marathons one of my clients was training to to climb everest like really cool goals mm. but whoever they are it's always for me like a navigation when i first meet them and trying to figure them out after the first couple of sessions like and the one thing i always look for is i'm like what is their internal dialogue because this tells me a lot about this person mm-hmm. and like where we need to go in terms of shaping their goals um, I love strength training. I think it's funny because I do a lot of body weight that I think people think I don't strength train, but, um, body weight strength is also like something I love because it can be with you anywhere. Mm-hmm. I hate excuses. Um, so I think exercise is an exploration of self and it tells you so much about yourself, just like any other relationship. It's very revealing mm-hmm. of your personality and, maybe where you like cheat yourself a little Mm. bit. So that's why I love to use some conditioning stuff and a lot of high intensity, not to break people. It's not about trashing the body. I'd like to see where they decide to quit or where they decide to like really kick into gear. Mm. Because I do believe like if you always, if you're the person that always stops five seconds early, I bet you, you quit early on your relationships, your job, like on a lot of things when it just gets a little bit tough. Damn. And (laughs) so... (laughs) I, you know, like, yeah, like I will tell people, they'll be like, oh, how was I doing today? I'm like, you gave me a six out of 10. And like, I want to be frank with people because I'm like, I don't like to see anyone sell themselves short. And that's why it's about an energy dealing thing in it. And Uh anyone I train, it's an energy exchange. So it's just really about getting people. I love when people can just kind of get lost in movement. I think we're overthinking all the time. And that's why I always loved high intensity because I feel most free when I feel breathless. So much of training is is the psychology and the emotional connection and trauma and experiences that you go through as to what shapes kind of your view of exercise. And there's this internal dialogue, right? Can you talk about that a little bit? Like, what are some of the things you see from people? Because sometimes that self-talk is really negative, too. So how do you kind of deal with that internal dialogue? 
I think people don't realize the patterns that they get themselves into or the storylines that they write for themselves. And, you know, I encourage a lot of my clients to journal as much as they can, whether it be about their thoughts, the things that they're grateful for, the things that they're eating, because a lot of times people don't realize they're eating as much as they are Mm -hmm. or eating the kind of crap that they are. And I think when people are just have it right in front of them, they're just like, oh, that's exactly what's happening. And also I encourage people to slow down. You know, nowadays we're just always on our phones. We're overstimulated constantly. So stepping away from your phone, not looking at your phone for at least an hour and a half before bed or giving yourself time from your phone and putting it in a different room and just slowing down and being with yourself sometimes is such a key thing for Mm. a lot of people. I just think we're just so overstimulated nowadays. So I always encourage everyone just to, number one, just be more aware. What advice do you give somebody who who you can tell is really struggling to stick to a plan? That's a great question. If you're just consistent, like mm-hmm. if you're just consistent instead of like stubbornly persistent, if you kind of just do a little bit every day and get used to habit formations, because there's so many things that are going to try to pull you away. So you have to set up kind of like associative learning patterns, like just base infrastructures for success. You'll be fine. So the thing that it is for me is like just trying to teach people athlete mindset. It's like, you know whoever, MJ, LeBron, et cetera, have missed so many shots, but it's those things that continuously push them forward that is exceedingly important. So it's just really having, like, I think an open and honest and being kind to yourself. Like so People just aren't kind to themselves. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay to, like, to mess up. I think people need to, like, understand it's not always about winning. And that's a thing that I always talk about. I always liked being in second place because then I always had something to keep chasing and something to keep working on. And I want a fire under my ass all the time. So I think people need to understand that there's a purpose of not getting what you want all the time. And it's because it's going to sharpen you a lot more. I mean, no one wants to be the butter knife in the drawer. So you should continuously be getting so sharp that you're like the badass steak knife. But that doesn't come from just winning all the time or just getting what you want. So I think people miss all of these like kind of gifted moments from life where you have an opportunity to learn. It's just, did you learn or did you just choose to feel sorry for yourself? We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, our master trainers will tell us their best tips for recovery, nutrition, and sleep. If you're a trainer, join a community of trainers looking to make fitness better for everyone. Learn from leading experts in performance, mindset, nutrition, recovery, and sleep and get an exclusive 30% discount on Nike gear. Apply at nike.com slash ntcpro. So I want to go through a little bit of like a lightning round here for a second. We'll start with sleep. So if you could give someone one piece of advice around sleep, what would you say? I would actually say you need to prioritize sleep more than you're prioritizing your training. But I think, no, I think it's more about like strategically looking at your calendar and understanding your schedule and seeing mm-hmm. the opportunities for sleep and knowing like, hey, you know, if you're turning up to the gym, like like running on fumes all the time, like it's just actually not great work that we're doing. Yes. Uh, sleep rituals, I think, are really important. So making sure you put your phone down at least an hour before, maybe even wearing blue light blockers. You know, when the sun goes down, I'm pretty much a nerd and do that. I'll walk around. <laughs> I even drive around at night. If I'm at dinner with friends, I'll wear them. And uh, yeah, even journaling before I go to bed is really important. I tell my clients to do that too, you know, shut out the day. I also can't have any light. Um, so I will wear an eye mask or I'll make sure I have blackout curtains. Yeah. It's <laughs> good. Joe, what do you got? Consider your wake up as part of your kind of sleep, sleep routine and habit. Five minutes of breathing, run through your day. 
I think if you control your morning, you control your day. Mm-hmm. Recovery. What would you give somebody? What is one way they most bang for their buck in terms of recovery in between workouts? I mean, people are dehydrated like all the time. And like, I mean, I think people don't place an emphasis on like taking time to like actually hydrate properly, like even glute activate. Like people still don't want to do that. They don't want to take the time to stretch. They think they're too busy to do everything. I'm like, cool, you're too busy to be sore or like <laughs> injured or, you know, slowed down. Like all of these things just like easy. S- mm. very su- simple stuff like if you don't have an extra five ten minutes to like warm up properly like don't be at the workout um i think you know if, if you have really intense workouts i think people need to prioritize passive recovery as much as they do active recovery i think not a lot of people do enough of nothing um if they're really really you know pretty intense so you know whether it go to the sauna or you know ha- take an ice bath or an ice cold shower and just chill mm-hmm. i think that's really important for those people that are really really getting after their workouts perfect joe Consider your cool like cool down as like a warm up for the rest of your day. So basically, what a lot of times what happens with recovery is I that always kill my cool down routine. <laughs> <laughs> I, every I like it has to be long. Bro. I know, man. I really got to work on that. <laughs> like, so thank you for that. Because it's just like take like five, ten minutes max, not even like five minutes. Because basically, use that as a transition period for the rest of your day, and then you're back out in the streets. Mm-hmm. Back out in the streets. <laughs> okay, nutrition. I say keep it simple. You know, know what you're eating. Make it fuel you. Know if it makes you feel good or makes you feel bad. Mm-hmm. Chew your food. A lot of people, what a lot of people don't realize is like that's one of the 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 ways you actually extract nutrition and mm-hmm. calories from your food. And a lot of people again um, are too rushed when it comes when you when you talk about the ability to shift nervous systems, basically, um, or aspects of your nervous system is like. You need a quality parasympathetic nervous system to fuel digestion. A lot of people are too busy when they're eating. So even sometimes if you're eating, quote unquote, nutrient dense or healthy foods or whatever, but your body can't break it down, then it becomes problematic. And then just be smart with uh, smart with your eating windows. Like that's a natural intermittent fasting is just circadian rhythms. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not mm-hmm. overly complicated. No, so yeah. like just give your body a little bit of a break when it needs and treat yourself well. So NTC Premium, the app is coming out soon, and you guys built workouts for the app, and so did I. Um, Tell me a little bit about your thought process that went into building those workouts, and what can people expect from doing your plans? My workout program is six stages long, so it's uh, predominantly high intensity in there, but it's all body weight, so there's no excuses. So I'm coming with you everywhere. <laughs> oh, you're going away for work? You're going on vacation? That's cool. I'm coming. So you you need nothing. It's a really fun, like it's a, the workouts are pretty short and sharp. Like there's a lot of gluten core activation drills in there. There's a lot of burpees, like fun things, but it goes on a journey. It's going to teach you, like if you're really trying to like find some new levels, like if, if chasing your heart rate and um, looking to try something different, like it's going to challenge you, but it's going to hopefully excite you and really like make you feel confident. A lot of the drills are like interesting and they require practice. You're not meant to nail them the first time. And that's like, that's not the point. Like mm-hmm. there's a beautiful learning involved and like, it's so cool when people People are like, hey, I couldn't do the hot sauce burpee to save my life like at first. And then they're like, now I did 10. Well, now I'm doing this many in a minute. And I'm like, wow, you guys are out there challenging me. Um, I actually have been doing some of the workouts and I was like, I hate myself. <laughs> That's the worst. When you're testing yeah. and you're like, God, man, this is terrible. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so my planning is four different stages, and it's meant to be a foundational strength program. So we have a, a variety of drills that are just basic movement patterns, but I incorporate tempo, and you can do it as a bodyweight program, but I do encourage if you want to do it again or if someone that's not at a foundational strength level um, to incorporate weight. I'm really excited because the people that tested it out, there was a, you know people with different levels, and everyone was challenged in their own way. That's awesome. Yeah. Joe, what about you? 
mine's like level up. Like it's not mine. Basically, I took the thought process of combining, I guess, performance and fitness, like getting people used to, I like to call it like the, the doldrums of consistency. Like, especially in the beginning, it's not really about, um, it's about five different stages. I like, I want to improve kind of like your athletic potential, but at the beginning, it's really just about like setting um, kind of base levels, especially with conditioning work. But it is a full gym kind of situation. So people that probably are used to working out, but then when it comes to a bigger gym, they get a little bit more intimidated or want a little bit more guidance. My plan is definitely for them, but it brings out a lot of the different things that I've used over the years, battle ropes, assault bike, treadmills, slam balls. It's fun. Um, so it's one of those things where you're like, whoa, like I didn't, I think uh, you'll, you'll have a good time. So that's awesome. Check it. How has training changed your guys' lives? Training like makes me emotional. Like it's just like, it's like my happiest time of day. And like, if I, I always joke about, it, I'm like, you know, if I don't just get that time to move, whatever that type of movement be, like, I'm like, I'm sad. Like, mm. it's such like, it never lets me down. Like, it's always there for me. Even if you start moving for five to 10 minutes, it can like totally flip your whole day. Mm-hmm. Training is like, it's my, my celebration. Like even when things have gone great, or it's like my counselor, like when mm-hmm. things aren't going great and it always pulls through for me. Yeah, no doubt. Bettina. Yeah. For me, it's really changed my relationship with myself and other people. You know, I don't, I mentioned playing in a band for a living. I don't think that I was the best version of myself. And so I feel like once I incorporated training into my life, I really became the best version of myself. And I constantly want to do that for myself. Like Mm. I constantly want to challenge myself, constantly want to make myself better. And I want to do that for my clients and challenge them to do that because it's, it's, once I incorporated that into my life, my life progressively gets better and better and better and better. It's awesome. I mean, training for me is just like, I mean, it's just humbled me to such an extent that's like super fascinating. I think it's uh, it's given me an outlet to apply um, certain things that I do enjoy. And then it's just a very humbling experience because it's a service industry. Like you realize mm-hmm. like yeah. we're all out here trying to figure out ourselves and our body. And it's allowed me to, you know, I guess play a small part in people's lives that is fun. Mm -hmm. Do you have a mantra? Like, is there something that you kind of like a code, a mission statement, a code of ethics? Like, is there a mantra you guys live by or there's a quote that you kind of feel like is really powerful for you and represents who you are? I've always kind of stuck by if you want it, go get it. Like, no one's going to do the work for you. You shouldn't want anyone to do the work for you. The work is yours. Mm. And it doesn't always need to be broadcasted to everyone else. Like, you can work in silence. And, like, I think as much as we share a lot on social, like, you don't see 99% of the work that's going into everything. Yeah. Work hard, stay humble, and be nice to people. <laughs> that's really all it is for me. You know, I think mm. that, you know, that life can be as simple as or as difficult as you make it. Mm-hmm. And just keep it simple. Work sure. hard, be nice to people. I mean, I guess my key one is just one could help others and others can help one. Because I think if we honestly, if everybody is, it takes care of everyone else but themselves and everybody's taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I think health is an interesting way to go about that. You guys, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time. Workouts are workouts, but I think the people behind it and the, the love that they put into this and their craft and who they are as people is, I think, really comes through. So I appreciate you guys joining me and sharing your knowledge with the world. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's do some burpees. (laughs) No. (laughs) It was great to catch up with Joe, Kirsty, and Bettina. But if there's one thing from our conversation that really stuck with me, it's this. Each of the trainers brings a sense of fun and play into their programs and attitudes towards training. And this is something I think is so important for trainers and everyday athletes to remember. I work with athletes on their biomechanics in order to make them faster, usually by tenths of a second. 
When there's so much riding on an athlete's shoulders, it's really important to incorporate fun and play into each workout so they can actually enjoy what they're doing. When people come and watch the workouts I do with my athletes, they're always surprised by the fact that we actually have fun. It's important not to lose that sense of play, no matter what level you're training at. If I'm working with a group of athletes, I have them compete against each other in a relay race or a reaction drill. Training is a commitment, but it doesn't always have to be serious. Whatever your current workout is, remember to find the fun in what you're doing. It'll make it easier to stick with your goals. Trained is produced by Nike Training Club. If you're looking to take your training to the next level, check out the Nike Training Club app. In it, you'll find holistic guidance and free workouts designed by Nike experts. Or go even further and enjoy a seven-day free trial of our premium subscription service, NTC Premium, available now in the U.S. With NTC Premium, you can sign up for the workout programs designed by Kirsty, Joe, Bettina, and me. The programs last from four to six weeks and even include workouts that require no equipment. We designed the plan so that you'll see progress and feel noticeably stronger. You also get in-depth nutrition and wellness content. Go check it out. That's Nike Training Club app, available on both Android and iOS. Thanks for listening. Next time we sit down with Megan Bartlett, the founder of WeCoach, for a conversation about stress, training, and resilience. This is Trained. Talk to you soon. Consult your doctor before engaging in an exercise program of any kind, especially if you have a medical condition. Use good judgment and common sense about your own fitness level and ability when engaging in a training program. If something doesn't feel right, stop immediately and seek medical attention as necessary.